Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. Hey y'all! Hey, hey y'all! Happy Monday, Yeah, right. It's Wednesday for us. Monday for you. It's so cloudy and it's really gloomy today. I'm gonna try to keep my energy up, y'all. But it's gloomy but hot. Yeah, it's gloomy but hot. It's a weird mixture. Man, I just got off a plane like not even two hours ago. So I'm like, (laughs) yeah. I think everyone's energy is a little weird today, but we're we're gonna do our best. It's a full moon in Virgo. Yeah, today has been fucking shitty. That's what it's giving, yeah. yeah. Gloomy and hot is also how I would describe my day. <laughs> wow, that's, that's a great way to say it. Yeah, I'm going to try to push through and then just try again tomorrow. <laughs> but this is how we're real with y'all. Like, y'all don't always get us when we're at, you know, our best or at 100%. Yeah. You get us on our gloomy good. hot days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, uh, this current crime is wild. Okay, so... This article is from NBC News, and it says Florida grandmother charged in hot car death of granddaughter less than a year after grandson drowned while in her care. Oh, oh my God, that's terrible. And that less than a year part, I feel like that just adds extra sting to it. Right. Uh, a Florida woman is demanding prison time for her own mother after her young two children uh, after her two young children died less than a year apart while allegedly in their grandmother's care one in a heart car death and the other in an accidental drowning the grandmother 65 year old tracy nix was arrested and charged in november 2022 with aggravated manslaughter and leaving a child unsupervised in a motor vehicle court records uh show the charges are in connection with the november 1st death of seven-month-old uriel shock um, I'm sorry. Authorities said the Knicks left Uriel in her vehicle outside her Wachula. I'm sorry if I get that wrong pronunciation wrong. Wachula home for several hours after returning from lunch. Nick said that she quote unquote forgot the child was in the car, according to the court documents. How did you forget a little girl? Uriel's father, Drew Shock, said in a tearful interview this week with local station WFTS. Nix told authorities that her daughter, Kayla Shop, asked her to watch Uriel while she was at her hair appointment, the document state. Nick said that she went to a friend's house that morning and then left to pick up Uriel. She then drove to a restaurant for lunch with her friends, according to the documents. They left the restaurant around 1.40 p.m. Security footage shows Nix put her granddaughter in a rear car seat and drive away, authorities said in the documents. Nick said that she drove about 10 minutes to her home, parked the car, and then went inside to talk to her dog and practice the piano. What? Yeah. That's, to her dog? Yeah, super random. But I, maybe she's, like, super into dogs or something, you know, like, hey, you know. I mean, I talk to my dog, like, when I tell him to sit. Mm, or, like, like, a little conversation or, like, a little baby talk or something. Yeah, um, but I'm not, like, going in my house specifically to talk to him. <laughs> Oh, um, well, she did, and she forgot, and um, and Emma said practice the piano too. So I'm also imagining this is probably like some hours. She told the Harvey County Sheriff's Office that it was not like I was quote unquote rushing into the house to do anything. I just forgot, according to documents. The court filing says that Nix was waiting for her older grandson to arrive so that they could go out to dinner. 
After 4.30 p.m., she took Ooh. two cups of tea out of her vehicle for her and her uh, grandson and then drove the vehicle to her backyard. Authorities said Nix's husband was in the backyard and the two talked for about 10 minutes, the document said. When the grandson arrived, when the grandson arrived, Nick said all of uh, all of a sudden it came across her head that Uriel was still in the car. Nick's husband immediately pulled the baby out and began CPR while someone called 911. Uriel was pronounced dead at the scene. The sheriff's office said that temperatures that day in Wachita reached 90 degrees. An autopsy shows no signs of uh, no signs of injuries. Her death was ruled a homicide. Uh, Drew Schock told WFTS that he remembers being in the parking lot outside the hospital trying to grasp what happened and that it actually just happened and that it actually just happened twice in our lifetime. In December 2021, the couple's 16-month-old son, Ezra, died, also while in Nix's care. Court records state that Nix was babysitting the little boy when she fell asleep. The child wandered outside and drowned in a pond near her home. She was not charged in the incident. Kayla told the news station that she was six months pregnant with Uriel at the time that her son died, and the couple also have another older child. We were anxious, but I loved my mother, and I'm a daughter that wanted her mom. Kayla said that she knew her mother was taking Uriel to lunch with her friends. Hours later, a sheriff's deputy came to Kayla's house and delivered the heartbreaking news. The two children who are no longer here, somebody has to answer for that. Authorities said that Nix's negligence resulted in the death of both children. Her attorney did not immediately respond to the to a request for comment, and a pretrial hearing is set for a May second court record show. This is weird. Oh my gosh, this is so weird. She went back in her car, drove it a little ways, and still didn't realize the yeah, baby still was didn't in realize there. The baby was in there. Let me say how old she is. The oh, grandma? So 65. 65. She's not that old. I mean, maybe she has early on, onset Alzheimer's. That's what it's given. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I mean, I would never let her watch my kids <clears throat> again. It's very wild that her young the children that have like their full faculties are like, yeah, let's let grandma watch the kids again. Yeah, And, I, and it's one thing to be like, I still want my mom, the grandma, in my life. But yeah, you're not watching my baby by yourself again. Yeah. And it don't sound like she should be driving. Like she needs to be tested for intellectual decline. All the things, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. I'm trying to figure out how old the first kid was. Well she said left the house. Who wandered out of the house? Maybe toddler age. Yeah. That's but that's so weird that she had the motorcycle just wander out of the house. So the first child was Ezra, right? The boy. Mm-hmm. So sixteen months. So a little over a year. Just, I mean, just old enough to be able to walk. Yeah. And be able able to, like, unlock the door and stuff. Yeah. The door may have been unlocked if they're, like, in a rural area. Mm -hmm. That is awful. It is. I I wouldn't even want to babysit my grandkids by myself if I did that. I wouldn't trust myself. But it's also, I feel like, if she does have um, any type of intellectual decline, this, the baby drowning isn't the first incident of it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there were other things that showed that. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like it's her responsibility to be like, I don't feel like I'm okay to take care of your kid. It, I mean, I would hope it would have been before the first baby died, but then afterwards, you just I need to like step back that from that. experiencing Alzheimer's or dementia, though, they don't, they're not always aware of it. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just like, it lapses or like 
gaps or, you know, like, oh, I just misplaced something or I forgot something. I feel like more of the onus is on the people around them to notice yeah. those kinds of mm-hmm. things and get them the care they need. Right. Because that, I mean, I feel like you're right. I feel like there were probably other, like, noticeable things that happened, but maybe it was just, like... On the parents to say something. Or, or maybe it was, like, you know, it, it was noticeable, but it was also, like, easy to explain away. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you left your keys, like, in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you forgot to pay the mortgage for three months or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, you know, that's easy to forget. And then mm-hmm. it's like, it becomes serious when you're forgetting a little human in the car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And falling asleep, I mean, it's not okay, but I've fallen asleep while babysitting before. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And that's I feel fair. like, but there's just so many, yes, I think that's fair, but like make sure that the baby is in a safe place that if Absolutely. it is to wake up, it's not going to fucking drown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also wonder if this just happened, right? Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the parents are going to get charged with any type of neglect. Is that what they said? It doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I don't think they, um, yeah, I think they said, I think that mom wants her, She, the mom wants the grandma to like go to prison. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's saying what she thinks people want to hear though. Because mm-hmm. the quote, I feel like it was framed like, if I'm, I feel like I saw this on Twitter. She said, if I'm being objective, I think my mother should like go to prison or be held accountable or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It felt like a statement objective. as opposed, right? Like, like what? A statement as opposed to like a real like what she really feels. Yeah, which I mean, I can't imagine how hard it is to even wrap your mind around that has yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really sound like she'll get jail time, especially if they do, because they they probably will do some some sort of like psychological evaluation too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have any kind of good lawyer. Yeah. yeah. And if they find out that she has, like, Alzheimer's or some, some shit, like, that's a wrap. Yeah. They're not going to say how to do that. Oh, that's awful. This was horrifying. We'll definitely give updates, though. Yeah, because the hearing, it says it's set on May 2nd, so that's yeah, not too far away. Mm-hmm. Oh, this baby's so cute. I know, his little fat face. <laughs> well, I'm sorry about all of this. Yeah. Oof. And you know, the number one cause of death for babies is drowning, and specifically in Florida. So I feel like there shouldn't be a body of water anywhere without some type of fence or gate around it. Yeah, it's just that. yep. But that's so, that makes so much sense though. Mm-hmm. They have like in Florida, they have. It's, I think it's called like baby gates or toddler gates or something specifically for pools mm-hmm. that are made so babies can't fall in them. But anyway, we will update y'all and we'll be back with our main story. Okay, we're back and I am the lead investigator for this week. Some content warnings, a gruesome description of a mutilated body mention of sexual assault and physical assault so this is the story of the lady of the dunes y'all heard this it sounds really familiar i don't think so i don't when i was researching i was like i think i listened to a podcast about this but maybe it'll get more familiar as i go Okay, so on July 26, 1974, a 12-year-old named Leslie Metcalf was playing with a neighborhood dog along the Race Point Dunes in Provincetown, Massachusetts. The dog started wandering off, and the girl followed him, and she came across what she thought was a dead deer. But as she got closer, she realized it was a human body. So the remains were in a patch of scrub pine that was just yards away from the road. It was about a mile east of the Race Point Ranger Station. 
And after, you know, looking at it further, they realized that this was the body of a dead woman. They believed that she had been killed between 10 days and three weeks before her body was discovered. She was found completely nude. She was face down on half of a beach blanket. So it was a full beach blanket, but she was only laying on half of it. It kind of looked like she was sunbathing, like her back. So a blue bandana and a pair of Wrangler jeans were under her head. It kind of looked like she was using it as like a pillow. Mm-hmm. She was white. She had long red hair and it was pulled back into a ponytail with a gold flecked hair tie and her toenails were painted pink. The police determined that this woman was about five foot six and she weighed about 145 pounds. They said that she had an athletic build. She also had a lot of expensive dental work done, which included multiple uh, gold crowns. And they said that this dental work was worth between five and ten thousand dollars. Oh, and I'm like, fuck. I mean, dental work work is expensive, and gold is expensive. And I'm honestly thinking, like, if I added up all the shit I had to have done, maybe I'm somewhere there too. (laughs) That's embarrassing. Um, (laughs) I have soft enamel. Me too. It's a curse. So most sources believe that she was between 25 and 40 years old, which is a huge gap. And then some people say that she could have been as young as 20 years old or as old as 49, which I'm like, all right, y'all are just making stuff up. So she was a woman. Right. She was was an individual. Right. Thanks. I'm like, that doesn't doesn't give us anything. (laughs) Nothing at all. Oh, she was between zero and 100. Thanks. (laughs) So here are some of the gruesome things about um, her body. Several of her teeth had been removed. She was almost completely decapitated. And they speculate that it was from strangulation or maybe from the killer attempting to completely decapitate her and just not being able to for whatever reason. One side of her head was crushed. And they theorized that this was done with what was called an entrenching tool, which is a digging tool. It looks like a shovel that's kind of like turned, like the shovel part is like this. And then the handle comes like straight up. Mm -hmm. And I guess it was used in the military or like survivalists or whatever. And they say that this blunt force trauma was the reason why she died. That's so wild that somebody would be able to do that, but they wouldn't be able to finish. Like, yeah. They wouldn't be able to finish decapitating. That's why I feel like it was from strangulation and their goal wasn't decapitation. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, what? I don't even want to think about it. Mm-hmm. What did you strangle her with that would decapitate her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Gross. scary. So both of her hands were missing and one of her forearms was also missing. And there were little piles of pin needles that were on the sand where her hands should have been, which we never find out the significance of that, but that's weird. So like they nailed her down into the sand? No, pine needles, like, you know, dead pine needles from the trees and where her hands should have been were like little piles of them on both sides. Weird. I don't know. This is getting like ritual or something. It is, but they never get into that, which is strange. Um, There were also signs of sexual assault that likely happened post-mortem. Some investigators believe, and it's something that I think also was the case, that the missing teeth, her hands, and her forearm showed that the killer wanted to hide her identity and then possibly their own identity if they left any evidence on their hands or, you know, teeth or anything like that. 
So as far as what was discovered around the body, there were two sets of footprints that led to the body. There were tire tracks that were around like 50 yards from the scene, but around her body, the sand was not disturbed at all. There was no sign of a struggle or anything like that. She had just literally looked like she was laying there sunbathing. Mm-hmm. And the police theorized that she either knew her killer or she had been asleep when she was killed because of the lack of signs of struggle. Mm-hmm. They also didn't find any other evidence besides what I already mentioned, the jeans, the bandana, the beach blanket, and the hair tie. And they did like extensive searches around the area and didn't find a thing. You're probably right. She probably was Sunday then. I think so. Yeah. And because of the serene way that her body was positioned on the sand dunes, that's why they call her the lady of the sand, the lady of the dunes in the case became known as the lady of the dunes case. So over the next few months, investigators worked tirelessly to find the person who committed this act and to identify who the woman was. They sent her dental records, which were crazy unique to thousands of dentists in Massachusetts and in surrounding areas, but there were no matches. There was no hospital records for um, the dental stuff. They looked at a list of approved vehicles that had been in the area, and they didn't find any matches or any information from that. Is this on an island or just like a regular beach? Um, it is in Provincetown, Massachusetts, which is close to Cape Cod. Okay. So I don't know if it's an island. <laughs> like, should I know that? I'm just curious. I'm going to look it up because I'm going to look it up too. <laughs> and now I'm curious because I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, how is that associated with anything or like, with details. What does that mean? Because I feel like I might know this story and also... It's like a beachy area. I don't know yeah. if it's a... I just feel like... It says northern tip of Cape Cod. Okay. Okay. All right, y'all, we'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. The Drag Queen, Fat Girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch. While we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy. And cunty. With us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on the big... Cu- oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On the big c***y couch. Mwah. Yeah, I feel like the location of it makes it so much more suspicious. Because, like, it's not hard to get to, but it's a little more isolated. Mm-hmm. It's like, not like you're going to be driving through. Yeah. Harvest like- Town is, like, here. It's kind of like being on the tip of Florida. It's like someone would notice if you, like, I don't know, took a boat off the coast or something Mm -hmm. to visit here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was just curious. Good to know. Thanks for asking that. So the investigators poured over thousands of missing persons cases and also found no matches. And they started to think that she was just somebody that no one was looking for or that nobody really cared that she was missing, which is sad. With all that expensive dental work, though, I'm like, who gave her the money or how did she have money? Right. Somebody. (laughs) So in October of 1974, which was just three months after her body was discovered, the case had went cold. 
And the Lady of the Dunes was buried in St. Peter the Apostle Cemetery, which was a local Catholic cemetery in Provincetown. And the marker on the grave was just unknown female. In 1979, the first facial reconstruction of the woman was created with clay. And it's, I think facial, like, reconstructions are very creepy. I understand why they're used, but they freak me out. But you can look at them if you want online. Because of how accurate they are? Because I don't, they just weird me out. I don't know. They never feel like everything kind of looks a little off. Okay. Like a sandwalker or something. Yeah. So her remains were exhumed many times in an attempt to identify who she was and who her killer was. I also hate that. (laughs) Zombie. So her remains were exhumed in 1980, but no clues were uncovered. And her skull also hadn't been buried at the time. I guess they kept it for research or something? That doesn't make sense at all. Yeah. Your remains have to be put at rest for your, like spirit to be at rest they really got that woman fucked up yeah that's what oh, i'm saying oh yeah 100 the fact that there was nobody like there for her they could just do whatever they wanted yeah so her body was exhumed again in march of 2000 for dna testing and again dna testing was still kind of new it started in the late 80s and i guess they were just going around trying to see if maybe this could help it didn't in may of 2010 a ct of her skull was carried out to generate some images and then those images were used by the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children for another reconstruction, which can be found online again. Creepy. But also potentially helpful. So I won't knock it. Over the years, there were a lot of interesting leads that came out of this case. And former Provincetown Police Chief James Meads described that there were like a million, not a million, that's an exaggeration. There were a lot of calls by parents looking for their missing daughter. So if someone's daughter was missing, they kind of assumed that it was this girl. I mean, she was white. She had red hair. So I guess that nails down a few people, but he, he received a lot of those. There was also a psychic that called saying that they had found her missing hands but the site that the psychic claimed the hands were had been like excavated and it destroyed any potential of evidence. So that was How nothing. Why would it have been if the hands were there though? Yeah, would I freak the fuck out. Because immediately when you said that, I was like, okay. <laughs> but I'm like, if they actually pulled up and they were there, I would have been shocked. I know. So some of the more serious leads to identify the Lady of the Dune, Dunes includes in 1987, a Canadian woman told a friend that she had seen her father strangle a woman in Massachusetts around 1972. So this woman was found in 1974. So the dates didn't really line up, but even so the police followed the lead, but they were not able to find the original Canadian woman who said this. Another woman told police that the reconstruction of the victim looked like her sister who had disappeared in Boston in 1974. Nothing came out of that. That sounds pretty, yeah. Yeah, but they had the DNA from the body, so they could do the testing. Oh, okay. And, like, pretty much were like, no, that's not it. Okay. 
Investigators also followed a lead of a missing criminal named Rory Jean Kessinger, who would have been 25 at the time of the murder. And Rory was a drug smuggler and a gun runner, and she had escaped from Plymouth County Correctional Facility in 1973, which... Is dope to me. I love a jailbreak. I thought she yeah. all sounds pretty cool. Gunner seems like such a cool. Yeah, like, like damn. unless you're providing guns to like people that are doing terrible things, but. Okay. Um, so Rory was set to stand trial for attempting to shoot a police officer, and that's when she um, broke out of jail. So we stand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, authorities saw a striking resemblance between her and the reconstruction of the lady of the dunes, but they were able to get DNA from Rory's mom and they didn't match at all. So it wasn't her. There were also two other missing women who it could have potentially been Frances Ewalt, who was from Montana, and Vicki Lamberton, who was from Massachusetts, but they were both ruled out. Mm. One of the most popular and sensational leads um, to identify the Lady of the Dunes was in April of 2015, so just last week. What? And speculation arose that she may have been an extra in Jaws. The original Jaws that was filmed in 1975 that was shot on Martha's Vineyard which is about 100 miles away from Provincetown. And it was shot between May and October of 1974, around the time that she was found. And it was actually brought to the police's attention by Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King. Random. That's very fucking random. Random. Stephen King, the horror author. Everybody should know who that is. Okay. So apparently Joe Hill was reading this book called The Skeleton Crew, How Amateur Sleuths in Solving America's... I'm sorry. How Amateur Sleuths Are Solving America's Coldest Cases. And I guess he was like inspired so joe had been watching the films and i guess the fourth of july beach scene he saw a woman in the crowd wearing a blue bandana and jeans and she looked a lot like this reconstruction image of lady of the dudes so the lead investigator was really interested in this but everybody else was like all right like this isn't serious it's clearly not her but they still did whatever research they needed to do but they couldn't go any further than this woman that looked like her because the Jaws producers didn't write down any names of any extras, no information. So they just had this like screen grab and they couldn't move forward with that. The fuck? Yeah. I hope they start doing that now because that's important to know. But I guess in 1974, no one cared. No, they absolutely keep record of extras now. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's literally um, how they accidentally ended up exonerating this man. He was up for murder. He wasn't. He wasn't an extra, but they were filming that day. Mm-hmm. And oh, I forget. What, I remember like, that he was at the baseball game yeah. in the back of the yeah. Your Enthusiasm episode or something. Yes, yeah, something yeah. Like I remember that. that. Yeah. And I was fucking sh- like, imagine being on trial for fucking murder, yeah. like, being your suspect in a murder, and they just so happen to get you in the background with your son. I would have cried in a baseball stadium of all places. You know yeah. how many people are in there? Yes. And, and how easy what would have been for him to be obstructed from you? Yeah, yes. at any point, somebody's hand did out. Not use that shot or what? Yeah. That is a miracle. No, Good I'm job sorry. for you. I was cried. The majority did. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, still so, crying. Damn, I'm shook. Okay, yeah. I was hoping that it was. Nope. So some suspects of the killer 
include James Whitey Bulger, who is was an Irish mob boss. So in 1981, investigators learned that there was a woman who resembled the Lady of the Dunes, and she was seen with Whitey Bulger around the time that she would have presumably been killed. And he was also known for removing the teeth of his victims. So you're like, hmm, could be him. But it didn't work out because Whitey, um, wait, the link was never proven and Whitey died in 2018. So that lead was just dead. A white man named Whitey. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) I feel like the mob always gives a silly nickname. Yeah, like baby hands, mom, or something like that. It reminds me of that SNL skit with like the the Barbie. The tiny hands. Y'all have never seen them. Oh, you're talking about where they have, they literally they have like, use, like the, the Barbie hands. Barbie hands. <laughs> I think I remember that. I just forget exactly what it was. <laughs> I'm going to have to send that to you. I can't believe you've never seen it. I was going to say, that. I forgot it. I forgot exactly what it was, but I don't know. I feel like that's about. just as iconic as Dick in a Box. You know yeah. that. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm not familiar with SNL at all. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't watch it, but those are like. The only one I know is the Jim Carrey one where they're like ringing the cowbell or whatever. Now that I don't know. <laughs> Like the 80s. Oh, okay. I know a lot of 80s SNL, like Eddie Murphy and shit, but like, if it's not in the it's literally the only one I know. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have an in living color SNL. Uh, we don't have to. That'd be cute. Mad TV. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, they write it. So, another suspect, well, not suspect, but lead, Tony Costa, who was a serial killer in the area somebody that I think maybe we should cover at some point. Mm-hmm. And he was initially a suspect, but he was quickly eliminated because he died on May 12, 1974. Our Lady of the Dunes wasn't found until July. So mm-hmm. could have been him. Another lead, Hayden or Haddon Clark, another serial killer who we could potentially cover. He was considered a suspect because he confessed to murder. He confessed to doing it. <laughs> so they were like, oh. He stated, quote, I could have told the police what her name was, but after they beat the shit out of me, I wasn't going to tell them shit. <laughs> of course. I mean, of fucking I feel like fair. <laughs> this murder is still unsolved. A murderer. <laughs> right, so maybe not fair. I have complicated feelings. <laughs> this murder is still unsolved, and what the police are looking for is in my grandfather's garden. So that was what he said. But... Clark is known and he has been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. And I guess uh, that condition can lead someone to falsely confess to crimes. And he's done that like a lot of times before. Mm-hmm. So the police just did not trust him. Wait, so he was a serial killer? Mm-hmm. But he also confessed to... To other things, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just a lot of other stuff that like was proven that it wasn't him. Okay. So he just wasn't reliable. And... It, In 2004, Clark had sent a letter to a friend stating that he had killed a woman on Cape Cod, which is where this murder took place. He also sent two drawings. So the first drawing was of a handless naked woman who was sprawled out on her stomach. The second drawing was a map pointing to where the body was found. Oh, shit. Which I'm like, damn, you got him. That's pretty. But they determined that he wasn't trusted and they found absolutely no evidence that linked him to the crime. But wouldn't the drawings be evidence? They didn't really say Circumstantial, I guess. Oh, <laughs> come on! He gave y'all a map. I'm telling you. If I if I say X marks the spot, and bitch, don't nobody else know where the spot is. Guess what? I'm the one who did. <laughs> ah. No, it's frustrating. Please be edgy, niggas. 
2019, investigators announced that they were looking to re-examine the case using new technologies, which were combing DNA analysis with genealogical family tree building sites, which Mm -hmm. is a lot of words, but I feel like we've heard of this. It's basically using DNA to link to family members, and then you can work backwards from there. That's a little creepy. Yeah, it's very creepy. That's like the 23andMe, yeah, all of that. Just yeah. like take care of DNA, and then the next thing you know, you have a murdered cousin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, I don't know if it would happen in that order. <laughs> I mean, it'd be like somebody, what story did, oh, it was uh, the nigga who had a billion kids, that doctor who was like, oh, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. And it's like, you all of a sudden find out that you're one of 300, mm-hmm. like, because somebody found you on 23andMe. Right. That's traumatizing. Very. Yes. Extremely. And the, the dude, he had like all these health issues and yeah. stuff. So this specific technology is how they identified the Golden State Killer. Which I guess is great, but also scary. Yeah. So what makes these technologies less than great is just the systems that we exist under. Mm-hmm. Like how they can't be trusted with that. Remember that? I think we did like a current in crime or something about the person who was put like put in jail because their DNA was found somewhere. Oh, Do you remember yeah, that? It was gained illegally. It was like gained yeah. a rape kit. Right. That they and then they put it into a system and it was like, yeah. yeah. So that's why these things are scary. If they were being used by the people that could be trusted, then maybe. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. So in 2022, which was, you know, last night, right? after 48 years the new data analysis paid off. So cold case investigators turned to Othram Inc., which is a Texas-based forensic company that specializes in genetic genealogy. Multiple sets of extractions from different parts of the skeletal remains were sent to this lab. And they had a lot of the remains that were unable to be tested because they were um, preserved with formaldehyde. And I guess that impacts DNA testing. But I guess they're, ex- they're experts, so they were able to figure it out anyway. And they built a DNA profile of the Lady of the Dunes. They gave the profile to the FBI, and they used a public DNA database, like we just talked about, to create a family tree for the woman. And this led them to a close relative of her who submitted for DNA testing, and the identity was found. So on October 31st, 2022, authorities announced that they identified the Lady of the Dunes as a 37-year-old from Tennessee named Ruth Mary Terry. It might be Marie. M-A-R-I-E. Yeah, Marie. Ruth Marie Terry. Terry. She sounds like a nice down-to-earth country woman. Yeah. So a little information about her. She was born on September 8th, 1936 in a mountainside shack in Whitwell, Tennessee. I feel like I know someone who has that birthday. Same. It's a Virgo. I'm like running through my Rolodex. (laughs) I know who it is. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. In 1956, at the age of 20, she married Bill Ray Smith. It didn't last long. They quickly got divorced. And the next year, she moved to Livonia, Michigan to work at an automotive plant. In 1958, she gave birth to her son, Richard, who... Had a son? Mm-hmm. She was unable to take care of him because of her financial difficulties, mm-hmm. and she allowed the superintendent of her workplace, Richard Hanchett Sr., to adopt her son in return for him paying off her expenses. 
but she feels like he she bought her. For her. He bought him. Yeah. That's kind of fucked. Yeah. If you wanted to just do that with a good fitness in your own heart, or just pay off her debts. Right. Yeah. She's going to give up her firstborn son. Pay off her debts and give her money to take care of her son. Right. Don't take the kid as well. Uh, that's weird. But, I mean, maybe it was, I don't know. That's a weird situation. But yeah. anyway, the son was adopted and she moved to California. In 1972, when the son was, I'm doing quick math here, 14. 14 she reached out to him but he wasn't able to meet with her because he had just had a drug overdose the and, son mm-hmm. Jesus. he was in a coma for 18 days so i guess when she reached out to him it was during that coma wow on february 16th 1974 now that's my sister's birthday terry met antiques dealer guy rockwell moldovan in reno nevada four months before she had died the couple went to visit her family in her hometown and Ruth's great niece said that her family noticed that she wasn't really herself around Moldovan and the couple immediately went to visit her brother Kenneth and his wife Carol in Chattanooga Tennessee Kenneth and Carol later recalled that the couple said that they were going to travel the U.S. to look for antiques he also said that they spoke about returning to Massachusetts as they were leaving in late summer of 1974, Guy Moldovan returned to Tennessee to tell Terry's family that she had gone missing from the couple's California home. And according to her sister-in-law, Moldovan stayed for a short period of time and simply told them he didn't know where she was. Terry's brother, James, traveled to California and hired a private in- investigator who told them that all of her belongings had been sold and she had left the state on her own will. Wow. Mm -hmm. So they also said that there's a potential that she had been involved in a religious cult. Mm -hmm. So the family kind of took that as word. And for two decades prior to her identification, she was listed as deceased in the family obituaries. And then Guy Moldovan died on March 14th, 2022, only a few months before her body was identified. So Guy Moldovan, um, is a sketchy son of a bitch. And on November 2nd, 2022, the Massachusetts state police announced that they were seeking more information about him. And he was deceased at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. But they were like, husband, you know, number one suspect. And I don't want to go too far into his story because I feel like this is another person maybe that we could cover because he has a bad past, but just as a little sneak peek, here are a few, you know, little bullet points about him. He was a prime suspect in the disappearance of a mother and a daughter. No. Dismembered human body parts were found in his septic tank. What the fuck? He's also the prime suspect in the murder of a bread truck driver and the disappearance of that driver's girlfriend. So to me, it's pretty obvious that he's the one that killed her, but they haven't officially proven that yet. I'm stuck on the body parts in the septic tank. How the fuck did you do that? I don't get it. Yep. And that's the story of the Lady of the Dunes. We still don't know who did it officially, but we know, basically, that it was Guy Moldovan. Yeah. They need to come up with a category of, like, effective solution or, like, effectively solved. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of stuff that's not technically, like, unsolved. It's like, we know who did it, but we just weren't able to, like, follow through and get closure in a statement and things like that. Yeah, I agree. Something like that would be categorized as, like, effectively solved. Especially when the person's dead. Like, what's the harm? And they were a shitty person. What's the extra harm? Yeah. Yeah. 
This story reminds me of, uh, did y'all hear about, there's a documentary about this woman who died in the UK and nobody noticed for a year. No. She was dead in her flat. And... Just there, decomposing. So her rent got paid because, like, she was on some kind of, like, government-facilitated, like, subsidiary or something like that. I don't know. Like, Uh it got paid automatically. Her TV was still on when they, like, finally discovered her body, and she had been wrapping Christmas presents. So, like, their initial question was, like, someone who has gifts to give for Christmas, why has no one noticed that this woman was dead for an entire fucking year? The documentary is called Dreams of a Life. I'm gonna watch that. (laughs) Both of us pulled our phones out. It's pretty slow moving, but it's really, really interesting. Dreams of a life? Dreams of a life. Yeah. Damn, that's so, like, stuff like that makes me really, really sad. Yeah. I wonder if she was like, the only way I could believe that with no suspicion is that she was wrapping the gifts for, like, charity or something like that. Yeah. Even then, the people who she would give to probably knew her around. Like, that's weird. It was, it was very strange. Was she young? She was, yeah, I feel like she was in her 30s. Because I'm like, even if somebody doesn't have family members or friends, like co-workers, neighbors, something, somebody's got to recognize that she isn't. She was young. She was attractive. She was a person of color. She was not, she didn't have a lot of close relationships, but she was like fairly pop. Like people knew who she was. It was weird. It was weird. You gotta watch it. Yeah. Mm, That freaks me out. If I don't hear from you all, you all, my cats will be eating my face. (laughs) Uh, I don't love that, but I will be pulling up to see what the fuck is going on. Appreciate that. You know how to get in. Yep. I gotta give you the code. Yeah. Else your cats are gonna eat you before I can get to you. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Kitty, how do you feel? (laughs) Are you down? I feel like Kitty would be down. all right y'all that's the story of the lady of the dunes um, i'm sure we'll do some future episodes on the other people that were mentioned in here and i will make sure specifically that we do a story on guy moldovan because his shit needs to be aired out yeah okay we'll be back with should this be a crime So for this week, should this be a crime? We're doing something a little bit different. We're going to play a clip from a video that is popular on social media right now. Mm-hmm. I'm to wait until the video starts over. Oh, okay. Um, is it a real? I don't know how to work the internet. I'm 58 years old. Yeah, same. <laughs> It's real. <laughs> how do you do it? Hold on, let me see. So let's just say if it's a real, you can just scroll up and then scroll back down a little start over. Oh my god, you're so smart. Okay, here we go. Situation is a little different, you know. How we how we met, you know, through mutual friends and everything like that. You know, when I met my wife, she was seventeen. So you know, we had no really conversation, no really connection until you know she was of age, and you know, it's. People don't understand it. And I got a lot of, of course, I got a lot of backlash for marrying someone. I was 19. And, you know, when we did finally start to talk, I was like, this woman is like me. And she was just like, when I would talk to her, she just, for one, we had a spiritual connection. 
And I feel like that's the most important thing. We both love God. We both love Jehovah. And that was key. And being able to start being around her and talking to her and talking to like we got it we, we we connected to music and you know uh her spirit her kindness her heart reminds me a lot of my mom and just you know we connected on so many different levels okay i have three things to say or do you want to explain who that was <laughs> so the voice that you heard was marcus houston and he was talking about his wife who was 20 years his junior the 19 year old woman that he referred to is the woman that he met when she was 17 so go. okay number one the music why number two <laughs> if you have to explain that your significant others of age they're too fucking uh, yeah. young yeah Number three, why do you have so much in common with a child? Literally. Okay, those are my three things. No, that was like three of my things because my first thing was like, okay, cool. I've never been in a fight before. I'm not that bitch. I will never be that bitch. I'm not scary. I'm not... If any of my friends be like, oh, I got somebody for you, and they set me up with a 17-year-old, we're fighting on sight. I don't care. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? Right. We're in our 40s, and you bring me somebody who's about to graduate? Oh no! High school. Who got? Who has a Jan Sport book bag on? Get the fuck out of my face with this bullshit! I'm so sorry. Niggas make me ill. They took my ass itch. Why the fuck is this? Yeah. Okay. If you announce your relationship and millions of people look at that, or like thousands of people, whatever the fuck, on social media look at that shit and they say something is wrong with this, and outside of bigotry, I'm not saying that like bigots can look at your shit and just be like, oh, y'all shouldn't be together because y'all queer or whatever. If they look at that and they be like, yeah, that's a little gross. Maybe you should rethink some things. Yeah. Maybe you should backtrack some stuff. Hmm. Why would you they know? think that? And then putting God into the situation doesn't make it more pure because child sex abuse happens in the church. More often than not. So yep. the cult that they belong to is the one that I was raised in. They're just <gasps> no. witnesses. You're lo- so that's why he said Jehovah? Because I know that that's another name that people use for God. But- no. Mm-hmm. Yep. I hate and that for everyone. It is also rumored, I'm going to say alleged, like one of our favorite podcasts, it's alleged <laughs> that Maya Dickey was reported missing when they started dating. I and saw that. when they yep. got married is when she researched Just popped and, right back yeah. up. They think she was trafficked through like Chris Stokes and like, cause you know, he's a, yes. um, he's a heavily, heavily accused sexual abuser. Mm-hmm. And so for him to be the mutual friends, what mutual friends? Why don't you name these friends? Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, I just... It's also, isn't he the one who's accused of abusing B2K mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. their whole yep. network? Yep. And I feel like Mark Season was a part of that. I'm not sure how he was affected by it, but here he is repeating the cycle. Um, yeah, she went missing when she was 16, allegedly, and popped up married to Marcus Houston when she was 19 years old, and he was 38. Yeah. Uh. That is so gross. And they are married and have children together. She's still only like, what, 20 years old? Yeah, and so, yeah. So imagine like being 17 and your mom is 34. Or like, how old she was she had a kid? Like, okay, yeah, let's say you're like your mom's like 35, 36 years old, whatever, 17. But then your dad is in his 50s and you gotta explain this shit to your friends. They gonna be like, hold on, that math don't make sense. That math does not make any fucking sense. But y'all don't have shit in common. You targeted her because she's a fucking child. It's gross. Yeah. And what's even more gross is that this interview that he did and the clip that we played is from Uncensored, which is on TV One and 
why are y'all giving this man a platform? Why? Right. Talk about this. And giving him background music of all things. Because like, they really want to do it me. and they want to normalize it. They That's what a lot of them want to do. That's why R. Kelly was so prolific. His blind items and shit and like public reports too. You know, like they said he was the black Epstein. He was like trafficking young girls for Epstein. Yeah, yeah. It was for for everybody, including uh fucking Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. That was cool. fucking that eleven year old niggas are fucking gross. Y'all put this guy soon. I'm sorry. Everything that you want in a person, you can find in somebody around your age. And if you're gonna date somebody younger, I can honestly see somebody in their late thirties or whatever or forties dating somebody in their early thirties. Yeah. Or like maybe yeah. even maybe even like late twenties if you just really just vibe with somebody for real. But that should be a rarity. That should be the outlier. Like the pattern shouldn't be oh all of our wives all of our girlfriends are 15 20 years younger than right us. that's yeah. weird and we specifically met them when they were teenagers, when they were teenagers yeah. oh and we waited until she was a legal teenager to to do to because she fuck. was still a whole ass teenager. he called her a woman she was still a whole no, ass she was a she was 19 keep her teen yeah like she couldn't drink legally she couldn't rent a car on her own before she could drink legally exactly oh. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And for all of y'all to have that fetish, like, that doesn't, something's not adding up. Something is wrong with y'all. Like, for that to be the pattern, like, something is fucking wrong. And I don't believe that y'all had anything in common. I don't. That doesn't make sense. How? How? Maybe y'all like the same TV show? Now, I will say, don't they say about abuse survivors, like sexual abuse survivors, that you get stuck at that age? Mm, yeah. yeah. Like, if that happens, and not making an excuse at all. Yeah. But, like, maybe in his mind, it really is true. True, yeah. It's still fucking disgusting. Right, yeah. And a grown, grown-ass man should not have anything in common with a 19-year-old girl. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And if you do, maybe you need to go... You stole the words right now. Right. Go you need to figure that shit out. Yeah. Because there is no fun. Even right now, like, I was um, I was just in Jersey uh, around the Princeton campus, and I was like, you know, I'm going to walk around. I'm going to, like, go see what's up, you know, with this, like, what everybody was trying to walk to or some party or whatever. But mm-hmm. everybody looked fucking 17, 18 years old. So I was like, well, I'm going to go back to my room. <laughs> the road to see that. <laughs> I didn't go home. Around children because I don't have anything in common with it, mm-hmm. and yeah, no, my conversation, the, the my my connections to art, music, books, uh, pop culture, like so, sociology, anything, anything I have to talk about, anything that I'm into, is not going to be anywhere near the level of a teenager. Really, even somebody in their early twenties. Mm-hmm. I mean, my sister is technically Gen Z, and sometimes I'd be talking to her about stuff, and I'm like, we are different. Are different. <laughs> Like, you remember things that, or you don't remember things that I very much remember. And she is 25. Yeah. So I can't imagine me at 29. No, that's gross. But even trying to connect with somebody that's 17. Yeah. And then he was even like having a. And here's the thing: I don't believe that it's impossible for adults to connect with children because, like, we're caregivers, we're teachers, we're mentors, whatever. But like, connecting with someone on a romantic and like, like a spiritual level in this way, the way that he's mm-hmm. referring to, and then trying to act like everyone else is the weirdo, like people don't understand. Yeah, that's what y'all people mean. shouldn't understand because that's fucking weird. Yeah, he was like, nobody understand. I'm like, I think they do understand, and they think that shit is fucking weird. They like, understand we that it's wrong. Understand what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. We, we <laughs> know. We get the mechanics. It's just right. fucking weird and wrong. And yeah. why the fuck are you doing this? And he, I, I read some part of the article where he was like, she doesn't want me. She sees me for who I am. She doesn't want me for my fame or whatever. She let him know, like, nigga, you're not famous. She no was alive when you were famous. You know, oh. 
You're very much still known with our community. Millennials know Miracle and IMX and like Immature and all this shit. And that you was on Sister Sister. You might be still on the Chitlin circuit, but nigga, you're famous. When he was getting told, go home, Roger, she was still in her daddy's nuts. Right. That fucking (laughs) all the way up until the end of that show. Okay, so y'all connected on God. Like, that's who y'all connected on. But you couldn't find somebody in their 40s. You couldn't find somebody in their late 30s, early 30s, late 20s, nothing. You had to go all, all the way down to get some... No, I'm sorry. No. And y'all met when she was 17. I don't believe... Anytime... I don't have to say this out loud, because y'all are all on the same page. But I just... There's no way that all of a sudden she turned 18 and you're like, oh, now she's a, she's right. a human. No. I'm trying, like no, because we've been there. We've been there before. We yeah. were teenagers. We were in our twenties. Talk about y'all. Y'all need. Y'all can't even wait past the first link. Yeah. <laughs> so ain't no fucking way you waited years for her to turn eighteen. Right. That's a lie. I'm sorry. It's I'm lie. willing to bet my money on that. All my money. And for her, I mean, I know you can get married really quickly. So maybe no for them to get married when she was 19 y'all were together before she was 18 exactly. i just there's no way that that wasn't the case yeah that's kind of how like a lot of our parents i don't know if y'all parents did this but our parents tried to like not explicitly say that they had us when they were with the first person they ever had sex with but they try to make this reputation like oh i wasn't out here fucking around i wasn't out here having sex and doing all the yeah. stuff like your dad is like the first person who i was with or some shit like that and it's just like no bitch no fuck it wasn't because you don't, everybody don't get pregnant the first time they had sex. You don't have to be having sex before that. Right. And you had me when you was 18, so do the math. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that. Like, yeah. Y'all act like we know. Like y'all act like we don't. And honestly, y'all are disappointing the fuck out of me. Like, my, I already barely, I had like five phase lists. Now it's just Tyler James Williams and Shervante Rose. We got a lot of their ass up. I'm sorry. Yeah. We, we got to put them in the bunker so they can't mm-hmm. do any harm to themselves or others. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And I support it fully. Yeah. If I found out, <laughs> they were in the basement, I would be like, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> you hear the sound? feeding you? Because I'm feeding you, and I'm sorry. These niggas are, these niggas are niggas highly disappointed. Like, oh my goodness. And I feel, I feel bad for this child, now barely a young woman, because I don't think that there isn't manipulation happening oh, yeah. or anything like that. So I just hope that she's okay. Me too. And those babies are okay as well. Same, but if she is, if in, in a, the wildest of wildest worlds, if this is a genuine connection and she, I don't know, she just up and realizes that like, this isn't, this isn't okay or something like that. I would at least hope that she would have the power or the tools or the resources, you know, whatever, to get out as yeah, possible. Right. Yeah. Um, I hope so. Because even if this is like, okay, she did meet him and then she did end up, you know, hooking up with him as an 18 year old, and it did end up falling up, still weird. And I still would hope that she would be able to save some of her youth for herself and be able to, like, I don't know, experience that for herself instead of having some man have control over that. Mm-hmm. Especially some 40 year old man. Fuck you. I hate to be that guy, but I feel like that's a wash. No shade. Like, she got two kids by him, and, like, this is all, this is, well, this is all we know about her, and she's also a Jehovah's Witness. And I feel like if she really believes in, like, they call it the truth, but it's like she's really, like, locked into that shit that 
sometimes I feel like escaping the cult or the religion is harder than escaping a partner. Mm-hmm. Cause like when you leave, um, the Jehovah's Witnesses, like no one's allowed to talk to you anymore. Mm-hmm. So like she would lose her whole community too. She's not just losing her spouse. Mm-hmm. She's gonna lose all her friends and like all her church members and shit like that. Damn. And like everybody she's connected to, especially if she's not connected with her parents anymore. Cause it sounds like you fucking kidnapped her. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I hope and I wish that for her. It's, um, Niggas are sick. Is this what y'all gotta do to? Is this what y'all gotta do to feel connected to people? Y'all gotta sex traffic them and then get them before they done cooking or some shit like that. Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? I mean, it's it's weird how they often do this with young men too, but we don't talk about it as much. Like Mm -hmm. Justin Bieber living with Usher as a child was wild, weird, fucking weird as fuck. And he lived with Diddy, and that shit was. Also so weird. bad. Like those, those, that story of like how, you know, he, Diddy would like make him go to parties and make him like sleep in the bed with him and stuff. So much to like, to the point where Usher dragged his bed into the studio just so he could like have safety and like have a safe haven. It's like Bow Wow and Jermaine Dupri. Yeah. That, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yo, I didn't think about NSYNC either. Maybe we should cover some of this shit. Bunch of, yeah. A bunch of young <laughs> men in the industry have also been through similar situations. Especially so, married to their abusers because homophobia yeah yeah not able to spin it in the same way but yeah but then yeah, that chris stokes and raz beef situation they even made fun of it and like looking for it and we was kids i mean we were saying yeah. we didn't know like the yeah. situation but it's like you get older and you realize like damn everybody knew mm-hmm. the entire industry knew, just like r kelly and shit and so. they got us on the side of making fun of the victim right yeah. uh, like through pop culture yeah because he's a boy and it's like oh that doesn't happen to boys or that's not supposed right. to happen to boys it's supposed to happen it's to not girls. manly yeah Girls are supposed to be degraded and like molested and take you know taken advantage of, but that's not supposed to happen to boys. So yeah, damn. Guilty. Yeah. yeah. Crime. Electric chair. Yeah. The gulag. Arrow through the throat. Whatever the fuck. Yeah. The Chemical crash castrations. Yeah. I don't. Give I'm in a fuck. violent mood today. I feel it, friends. I feel it. Yeah. Flame. You don't even. <laughs> this entire, This last two weeks of just reading headlines and seeing how, you know, there's the, women being murdered by their sons is on the rise. Women being murdered by their partners. Morticians don't want to hire men and shit. And therapists are getting Damn rid of their male clientele and shit. Y'all, it's scary out here. I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm just going to stay in my fucking house. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oof. Well. Good luck. Statement. <laughs> uh, I hate that for you. Yeah. I I think I'm, I'm totally off it, like permanently. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Cut that part. Out. <laughs> <laughs> you really want me to cut it out? <laughs> I'm gonna just bleep it out and then they can hear us laughing about it. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Got a little inappropriate. Um, so a little too comfy on the pod. <laughs> talking to y'all like y'all, my niggas. Real. Y'all gotta come to the house with that kind of tea. Sorry. <laughs> I'm um, crying. Don't say. I needed to laugh though. <laughs> um, 
Well, let us know what you think. You can find us online at Iana Killer Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Iana Killer Pod on Twitter. And you can listen to us on Apple Music. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us literally anywhere you find podcasts. Ooh. Thank y'all for chilling with us. Thank y'all for dealing with us on this hot and gloomy and depressing day. <laughs> <laughs> and thank y'all for being our fans, ladies. All right, bye. Because you're an artist. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.